How are you? Pretty good, man. Uh, end of the working day on my side. How about you? I'm all jacked up on cold brew. It's time to switch <laughs> from hot coffee to, to cold coffee now. It's getting warmer here in Southern California, but uh, you know our team starts pretty early, at least for my time. So you know we work East Coast hours. So I'm up early, ready to go. But yeah, looks like it's gonna be a nice day here. How's the weather in Zagreb? Uh, not great. In the past few days, it's raining heavily. I'm not sure what happened. It should be pretty sunny, but it's raining. So hopefully it would end up like today or tomorrow. When does the weather get really good in, uh, in, in Zagreb just overall in spring? Uh, like it, it should be good at this point, like in May, obviously the summer is, uh, when the weather is best, but it should start. I think this is kind of like a last, last touch of the, of the, of the, of the spring with the with the rainy stuff cool well i'm stoked to have you on the the podcast today and i think it would be great if you just want to give a little introduction on yourself and uh and how did you how did you get started really really working in media buying and digital advertising yeah so uh i was on my senior year of year of college studying computer science um and like it was doing well for me but like i wasn't satisfied with that like that wasn't something that excited me alongside with that i was pursuing a professional soccer career so i was playing in a, a second creation division which is semi-professional but like somehow in the midst of all that i stumbled upon digital marketing uh, because i saw an ad for like digital marketing apprentice so i kind of like started learning what the, everything there is about it i literally went through the like whole google support documentation to kind of like because i didn't know like what else to do i was like watching youtube videos reading blogs i it even went like that far that i changed my topic of my thesis to a, like digital marketing uh, in business environments uh so like then after after reading all of that like there was no there was no really place for me to kind of like learn that in in, in practice because uh, like there was no point in me like spending the money just for the sake of learning. So luckily, friend of a friend was probably the only guy in Croatia at that time that was doing uh, digital marketing. So I started kind of like working with him. Like it was perfect for, for him, but because he got a person that could like find the new audiences in the audience inside, kind of like export the, the list of the customer, stuff like that. All those like dumb dumb things that you need to do on a repeatable basis and it was great for me because i could see how it works from a from a kind of like real real perspective like for a real ad account that's spending money so i started working with him doing all those small tax tasks soon i was like ready enough to handle the client on my own so after that i started freelancing until i connected with matt from the inspire agency I uh, started working for the Inspire as a junior media buyer, then like uh, mid, then senior media buyer, then head of performance. And I'm currently a partner at the agency. So basically my whole digital experience is tied with Inspire all the way uh, like from 2017 and days of like me being junior media buyer to currently a partner at the agency. That's awesome. So cool. And tell, tell me a little, like, what are you guys doing at Inspire right now? Like, are you guys purely focused on, you know, on a new client acquisition? Or are you guys focused on a specific channel? So Facebook is a, uh, sorry, <laughs> Inspire is a boutique agency focused on paid social. 
our bread and butter are Facebook ads. Uh, we do offer Google ads, uh, conversion rate optimization and TikTok ads for some of the clients, just because like some of the clients like to have uh, one weekly call, chat with one team, pay one invoice. But as I said, Facebook is our bread and butter. We are a boutique agency because we realize that like if you scale with with people, like the quality waters down and we don't want to be another sausage factory. That's why we are a boutique agency. There's a handful of clients, limited clients, only the clients that are satisfying some of the needs uh, that we have. But besides that, part of the reason why we are a boutique agency is because we have two internal brands, one in a skincare niche, one in a supplement niche. So it's kind of like a mix of both for like agency and the brand. We know how to scale a brand. We know how to run traffic. Then we are kind of like applying learnings from one to another, basically what's working for our internal brands. We suggest to clients what's working for clients. We apply to our businesses. So like at the moment, it's a perfect mix because like agency is better cash flow and the brand is long term. Yeah. So it's kind of it's working really well for yeah. us. Yeah. Short term, midterm, long for long term growth overall. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm curious, too, just because like I've heard, you know, I've 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 worked with a lot of different agencies over the years and like have a lot of friends running agencies and also running brands. I've actually have an eyewear brand that that I acquired you know, t about two years ago. And uh, I'm curious, what do you, what, do, how do you guys operate internally when it comes to like dividing up resources and making sure, Hey, there's people from the agency working on the supplement brand. Do you guys have some in an internal process or structure just to make sure each entity is properly compensated? Yeah. So basically whoever works for the internal brands doesn't work for the agency. I'm the only person, me and Matt. Okay, got So it. basically, because yeah. um, it would be a different if we offer um, a, like a wide range of services, if we offer kind of like content creator or if we offer, uh, I don't know, emails or if we offer uh, something additional, considering we are doing only media buying. So in the agency, there are only media buyers, only three plus me. So basically all three senior media buyers. So basically they do not work for anything for the internal brands. They just work for the agency. People that work for the internal brands are obviously customer support, uh, web designer, video, video editor. Basically they do everything for the, uh, for the internal brands. I'm the only person that kind of like does the media buying for the internal brands and does the media buying for the uh, agency. Very cool. Nice. That's awesome. And how did you guys, how did you guys come up with the idea for, for some of these brands you guys are running? So, um, basically there, there's two different stories for those two brands for the one skincare. We noticed that there's a very big demand and there's a trend for a product. And then we just make a better product. So basically our product is, um, like does the thing faster, does it more efficiently and it has an app. So basically those are three unique propositions compared to rest of the market. So basically we just created a better product and we are kind of capturing the, uh, the current demand. The other thing, uh, the other brand, the supplement one is that we noticed there's a huge gap because uh, like everybody are taking proteins, but we created proteins or like, and all the other supplements for specific categories, for sp specific sport. 
So basically, it's one of the most popular sports and there's no supplements at all. All of those athletes from that sport are kind of taking generic supplements. So we just improved the formula because we saw there's a, a like huge opportunity there. Obviously, it's a bit harder now because um, people are not even problem aware. So you have to educate them. But it's kind of like like a long-term game. If you capture the market pretty soon, because there's no competition at all. So yeah, that's how we kind of like, one is that we identify there's an opportunity uh, to create a market. And one is uh, that we that we notice there's opportunity to uh, capture the demand. Very cool. Love it. I love the niches you're, you're in, in both in both spaces. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, we, we choose the niches because you know, like the key is to get that LTV. It's hard to be profitable on a first purchase on Facebook. Both supplements and a skincare is something that you need to buy on a monthly basis. So basically, we can we can allow ourselves not to be profitable on the first purchase because down the road we will get uh, that LTV from the customers. And those were two niches that we know are kind of like familiar that are kind of like people are buying on on a monthly basis. That's very cool. And what do you just switch in direction a little bit? Obviously, you guys focus a lot on paid and I love, uh, you know, following you on Twitter and seeing your your uh, your daily media buying updates on what you guys are seeing in the in the whole meta ecosystem. But what are what are some of the things that or what are some of the trends that you guys are noticing right now when it comes to meta specifically as a channel that you guys are implementing for your clients and internal brands? Yeah, so uh, if you if you ask me the same question like a year ago, I would probably say it's like it it doesn't look good. But since the fa- since Facebook introduced Advantage Shopping Plus, which relies more on the more on the machine learning, which relies more on the AI, the things have changed, and th- this is something that is performing great on majority of my ad accounts. Uh, it's really getting the results. Uh, there's not much complication there. You just put your best ads there and it kind of like does the trick. What's happening inside? I don't know. It's kind of like a black box, but it's certainly working. It's not that the, it is just reporting more. It is actually, you can see the, the effect on your Shopify store in revenue. It's not just kind of like, hey, we are going to report more or we are going to like attribute more to the view through conversions. So that's definitely one thing. The other thing that I'm noticing recently is pretty good performance for uh, website and shop campaigns. So instead of like pushing people to the website, Facebook determines which people you like after clicking an ad, they would end up on your shop on Facebook or on Instagram where can where they can finish the uh, finish the, the the buying process. That is kind of like a double edged sword because uh, you're not getting people pixelized. You cannot get their email. Uh, you cannot retarget them. You cannot them lock them, lock them into a subscription. But on the other side, CPMs are lower. People are still still buying. And I have a feeling that Facebook is kind of pushing more quality traffic towards the shop, just because they want to own that first party data. How how long term is that? Due to the, all the things that I mentioned, without kind of like capturing their email or locking them into subscription. It's debatable, but at the moment, at the moment, it's kind of like performing pretty good on the ad accounts that they that they that they have that they have shop set up. Because like not all of my clients have shop set up on Facebook and Instagram. Those 
that do is doing pretty well. Yeah, we're noticing the same thing with with a couple of our clients that didn't even have shop set up or didn't have it set up properly. Uh, it's been pretty instrumental over the last couple of months in just making sure that structure set up. You know, and and I I'm not positive, but I do know like uh, one of our 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 media buyer because we still we run paid for a handful of clients still that um, that that just really fit what we're looking for, even though we specifically focus on, on email and SMS and retention. But I know that there is a, there is an email opt-in integration now that met, that meta launched in shop. I think it's pretty new. I don't know if they've rolled it out to all accounts, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how, you know, the evolution of meta as a platform now is obviously trying to own the shopping experience having the integrations in and um, becoming more of a, honestly, like a marketplace, right? It's going to be interesting to see what happens like over the next, like, let's say like 18 months, if when they start charging, you know, for, for, uh, for these transactions. Yeah. Yeah. Also what we noticed and why we think it is performing uh, best, we noticed in our backend in Shopify that kind of like Facebook uh, gives them a discount then re- refund us in Shopify. So basically we think those are like, we're not sure how quality those shoppers are because it could be just those bar- bargain hunters because they act only because of the discount. And maybe Facebook is kind of like giving them discount to make it look like the results are better than just refunding us. So like this is something that is that's really interesting. Yeah, it's we we saw that too with a couple of larger accounts. It's it's crazy. It's like they're offering these incentives and then in getting people in, and it's obvious they're really trying to own these customers for the long term. Exactly, because yeah. like whenever I launched the shop, like back I don't know six months ago, like when Facebook was even like offering credits to test the shops. Uh, like it was always terrible. Now all of a sudden it works great. So like either they changed something, either they kind of like started pushing more quality traffic or they're pushing those incentivization in terms of the discount. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And like I said, it'll be crazy to see what happens as uh, they try to become more of a marketplace. Yeah, and start taking a bit of peace. It's honestly might turn into something very similar to Amazon in the future. Yeah, who knows? It would be interesting for sure. Yeah, what are uh, what are you guys? I'm I'm also curious too. When it comes to your media buying uh, process, what do you what do you guys do for creative testing and kind of working on new creatives in general for your for your ad campaigns? Do you guys have an internal process that you go through with either designers, copywriters, video editors to kind of structure new creatives through? through the testing process? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know that creative is what makes or break your ad account at the moment. Like it comes down to that, that like creative is doing the targeting. The angle that you have in your creative is doing the targeting, not the interest group that you put in the uh, detailed targeting. So basically the the first step for all of the new creatives is research, research of the existing customer reviews. Basically you get so much juice out of those customer reviews that you can create new angles. So we always like to structure our tests based on the angle or based on the concept. So like, let's say someone on Twitter shares like that, I don't know, split screen concept is doing, doing great. So we are going to make like, I don't know, five variation of a split screen uh, based on a different angle or like it could be 
uh, same angle but a different layout or a different image or something like that. That's one test. Uh, we just kind of like brief the like. It depends who we work with. For some of the clients, they they have like their internal media buying team. So we'll just kind of like sorry internal creative team. So we'll give suggestions. Hey guys, we want I don't know five variation of split screen. For some of the clients, they uh, they working with the agencies that are kind of like providing the the creatives. So whatever we get, we launch. Uh, we make sure that like everything is tested. We do not test on BitCap or CostCap, which can kind of like uh, potentially get no delivery for some of the ads. So we like to have a test per concept or per style per ad set in an ABO and not to let Facebook choose the winner. We still think that spend is indicator of the success. If it happens that the that creative spends the money, but it doesn't deliver the results, then we would test all the other four, like in a different ad set, whatever gets, whatever gets some traction and that it gets like certain number of sales at, uh, at the desired CPA, we move that into a scaling campaign and into our advantage shopping plus based on what, on the things that worked, we analyzed, uh, the numbers based on a thumb stop ratio, hold rate and a click through rate to actually see, okay, this is the hook that generated. Uh, most interest, it generated the highest number of sales. So let's make more variation out of that. So it's always easier to work when you have data. Obviously, every creative concept is a, just an assumption. So we try to make those assumptions as best as possible based on the research from the existing uh, customers, from the post-purchase service, and from the concept that we see are working on the different ad accounts. Let's say we found out that founder style is working on one of the ad accounts. So we, we implement that on like another four accounts, which is working re really great. So those are learnings that you could have when you're working on the multiple ad accounts. If I did not have that one ad account, I would maybe not never test it. But then again, I see something on Twitter. If it sounds interesting enough, and it's if it's applicable to a brand, we're gonna test it. But then after, after we test it, majority of the decisions are based on the data. Very cool. And what do you, do you guys, I'm always curious just to ask other media buying teams and agencies, what in, what internal tools are you guys using to stay organized? Are you guys using Airtable, Asana, ClickUp? Like, I'm just curious, what do you guys use to collaborate, to keep all the information, especially on the ad creative testing side organized? Yeah. So, um, it, it again, depends on the client. Um, most of the clients have their uh, content store or, or delivered to us via Air or on Google Drive or on Dropbox. So basically the first thing is that we download the content, we upload it to a business library. So we are not uploading it at the time where we are creating the ad. We upload it in advance. So basically when we create the ads, we just picked it. Uh, then the, all the creative um, analysis is done in the ads manager and in motion which actually kind of like bridging the gap between the media buying and the creative uh, creative analysis. Cause like all those people that are creative, they don't like ads manager and people that are like into ads manager, they don't like to kind of like think about new ideas. So like when you have a motion that presents all of the data, it kind of like bridges the gap. So this is a like pretty good tool. You can create the report there. Basically you get all the data there uh, to, to a person that is, uh, that is, uh, responsible for, for like all the new iterations regarding the keeping track of all our, uh, data. 
So some of the clients are using third-party tracking softwares like Triple Veil or uh, Norbeam. Besides that, we keep track of all the daily stuff, um, of all the daily numbers that are important to us, like spend, CPM, CPC, uh, click-through rate, uh, purchases, AOV, conversion rate, stuff like that in our internal uh, document, like report sheet. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Besides that, uh, all of the new tasks that are assigned to someone of us are either in Monday or in ClickUp. So that's basically like a project management. And all of the new... Um, New examples for the ads are based on a foreplay. So we have a foreplay board for each of the clients where we kind of like gather the inspiration from the niches. Like, I don't know, if you're a supplement niche, uh, I'm going to like gather different uh, supplement ads that I can send over to creative team of the uh, of the client and say, hey, guys, look at this founder ad. It's crushing. Let's 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 do something like that. Very cool. Yeah, I, I love the process there. I haven't had a chance to use motion yet, but. But, uh, you know, we're Triple Whale partners as well. And I would say 90% of our clients are on it. I'm curious, do you like Triple Whale versus Northbeam or Northbeam versus Triple Whale more? Uh, so I think that they're reporting in a different way. Uh, well, I don't have, personally, I don't have a preference. I don't think that like any of those is like a single sort of truth. Uh, I did notice that the clients that have, uh, that are kind of like in the nine figures or they're having like multiple channels, I don't know that they have like uh, a regular, I don't know, direct mail or they have podcasts or they have like TV. Those are usually on Norbeam because it yeah. kind of like those bigger brands are on Norbeam, the ones that are kind of like they starting. Inv- they can invest into it too. Exactly. Norbeam being a little more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Personally, I don't have a preference. Whatever clients has, I use that. We have some clients that are using Comet.ly. We have some clients that don't use anything. So whatever client use, which we just adapt. And let's let's talk a little bit about what it's what it's like to be running a company in Croatia, something I'm super interested in and would love to live more, learn more about from you. Um, you guys are obviously based out of Zagreb, and um, tell me about like the team and in kind of the structures. Is is most of the team or all the team in Croatia right now? Do you guys have some people that are remote? Everyone's in person. Yeah, so we actually opened up an office in Zagreb a um, year and a half ago. Uh, I moved here. The other media buyer moved here. Uh, one girl that is doing Google Ads moved here. So basically, the core of the team that was remote before that moved here, plus um, one of the brand manager and founders. So basically, five of us initially were here but as we started investing more into internal brands we started hiring um, in Zagreb so basically two influencer managers video editor graphic designers um, customer service and uh, uh, like PR communication girl uh, they are all hired in Zagreb and they all come to the office obviously uh, they have a choice to go like one or two days uh, to be remote uh, but most of the core team in terms of the marketing is based uh, uh, based here in Zagreb. Uh, besides that, we have some of the kind of like some of the like jobs like customer service or uh, accounting or something like that is based like in Australia or in Philippines because uh, the agency is like 
my partner founded the agency in Australia. So some of the accounting stuff is still done there. But we kind of like have a feeling that building in person is totally different than compared to building uh, like remotely. Obviously, sometimes I stay at home, sometimes someone from the team stays at home. But I think that the, the difference is between the agency and the internal brands. For the internal brands, you need people together. For the agency, it doesn't matter where I'm or in Thailand or in US or in Croatia because I do not speak to anybody else from the agency. I speak mostly to the clients, so I don't have connection. So I think those are two different things depending on what what kind of like what business are you talk uh, are we talking? Uh, the preferences are different. I couldn't agree more. I think the agency you're totally, you know, being there's companies all around the world. There's talent all around the world. You want to get the best clients and the best talent together. Not everyone's going to live within a half an hour to 45 minute drive of each other. Exactly. But I I 100 agree on the on the brand side. If I was going to be running a brand that I was planning to grow to seven or eight, nine figures, 100%. It would be in-person, having people there to really push projects forward and really, you know, move fast. Because, you know, as you know, as, especially with the startup phase, like every every minute of every day is is essential to moving stuff forward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's why we kind of like decided that whoever we hire for the internal brands, has to be like here in Zagreb, like within like, I don't know, 45 minutes. So that turns out to be pretty good because all the people that we hired are still with us. Uh, so there's not much objection there. We'll see how it goes. But like we are in that startup phase still with internal brands. So I think it's it's pretty important that we are together in person. And what's uh, what's the game plan with with kind of Inspire and in the brands is the, is the goal to really focus on scale these two brands is it to start more in the future like where do you guys see yourself in another you know year two three years yeah i mean that's that's really interesting we had uh, like a few smaller brands that we started that we kind of like wanted to test we kind of like tested we noticed it's not it's not scalable so we just kind of uh uh like sold the stock and that's it close the brand in terms of these two that are currently active i think that like the goal is to exit within we don't have like a specific goal, but probably the goal is to exit at a certain point with both of those. Uh, what would be after that? Really don't know. Regarding the agency, I mean, agency is already like seven, eight years old. And I think it would be, um, it would be uh, alive uh, even, even, even after we sold the brand. Obviously, if there's still uh, need for media buyers because, you know, like media buying role is evolving you're not really that guy that wants to hack the algorithm find the new audience it it going more into creative strategist role building more landing pages creating the offer uh stuff like that so like whoever evolves if we if like i don't know i cannot say to my media buyers hey you have to be now a creative strategist they they are to an extent but those are like totally two different parts of the brain, you know, creative one and the analytical one. So we'll definitely see. Uh, we we still have kind of like track of results. People know about Inspire. People from, people know me from Twitter. They know we can deliver the results. So 
and we are delivering results. So if it stays that way, I don't see a reason why agency wouldn't last uh, for a while. For sure. That's great. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same with us on the, on the, uh, on bread loaf. Like we've been around for about eight years now and it's a, it's a great cash flow business, um, that, exactly. you know, gets, you know, the thing I love about the agency is you get, I'm sure it's the same with you. You get, you get access to optics for so many different brands. Yeah. Just auditing brands, right? Like part of our process is like, we reach out and we're like, we're going to do, you know, we're going to give you, we're going to give a 4k audit away for free and it's going to take us a week to get it done. And it's a lot of work, but we add a shit ton of value to someone when we present that, you know, we, I, we personally presented on a 45 minute call, send them the call recording. We send them the whole deck presentation, say you can do this on your own or you can hire us. And this is what it is. And like, I get as much value out of it as they do, because now I, I have optics into what this business looks like. You know, and it just adds to the Rolodex of understanding uh, another angle. So I could not yeah. agree more because like our approach is like 100% the same. Uh, we we say, hey, guys, like we don't know whether we can help you because like sometimes I do an audit and I see like, I don't know, maybe a month ago I did an audit and then I noticed like, like everything is set up like the way I would set up. So I just told the guy, hey, man, like there's no point in for, for you transitioning to us. Your current agency is doing a pretty good job. Just stay with them. But then sometimes you see like a lot of the areas for the improvement. Then like when you present to them, we say you can try that on your own. Some clients do. Some clients start and they reach out after a month. Hey, I would still need some support for for some of the clients. We kind of like offer consult consultation, not full service. But when you present the value, when you present what you can do in combination with the results that you already achieved, I noticed that kind of like potential prospects are far more uh, keen to to start working. So I think that's a, that's a great approach. And the fact that it's working both for you and me just proves that. Yeah, it's it's a, and I also feel too, just the nature and the laws of the universe, when you give to people, you get you get in return when you're not even asking for it. So I feel like it's a it's a really great it's a really great process. It's you know, I know there's a lot of agencies out there that are doing hard sales with these crazy, irresistible guarantees and all of this shit, but that's not a business I want to be in at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Could not agree more. Cool. Well, I got one more question for you. Just this got brought up and it sparked my interest. You know, you said that you guys have tested out other other brands with other angles and trying stuff out. If you guys were to test out a new brand tomorrow, right? Let's say you bought some inventory on it. I'm always curious to ask media buyers, how much budget would you put towards a proper test? 10, 15, 20, 30 grand? So um, it's hard to tell because like for those two brands, we already kind of like gathered, we already bought the stock. So like it was for one brand, it was uh, 1000 units for one brand, it was 500 units. So we just kind of like ran the marketing as long as we, until we did not sold sold everything as, as long until you sold it out yeah and but called it as for is. example yeah. for the brand that we have uh we did tested the product so basically we did not have product we did not even created it we just had a like render uh we created like few samples just so we can send to the ugc creators they filmed the video we tested that uh and then like when we like got some traction i think we spent like 
3, 4K, we did notice some traction with the results. Then we just inform the customers, hey guys, uh, this is on, on uh, this is yet in production. You can you, you can get a refund or, or you can wait until we get it like, I don't know, in six months. And that's we kind of how we got the proof of traction with the Facebook ads. And then when we noticed there's a demand, then we just created the product. That's awesome. I love it. I love the I love the testing <laughs> framework. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like most people most people don't like put enough like don't go deep enough into a test. Like I always hear like I spent a couple thousand dollars and it didn't work. I'm like you didn't spend enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really depends, like, what the price point is. Like, do you have established store or the store is starting from a scratch? Because, like, you know, it's it's easier when you have an established brand to test something new under that brand compared to just uh, launching a new brand and, like, just hoping it would work. Because, like, the product that we have for the skincare one, when we launch it, like, uh, one uh, year and a half ago, like, it didn't do well at the start. Now, whatever new we launch under that store, it does well just because the brand is already recognizable. Yeah, it's already established. There's ethos, there's proof, there's, yeah. Exactly. I agree. Couldn't agree more. That's awesome, Marin. Well, Marin, thanks for so much for coming on today. I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you or is interested in potentially working with you guys at Inspire, how can they get in touch with you? So probably the best way is to kind of like just shoot me a message on Twitter. Uh, I have my DMs open. I'm sharing like on a daily basis tips and tricks about Facebook ads and strategies. Uh, you can just like uh, reach out to there. I respond to all of my messages and we can see if there's a potential to work together, to do some consultation, to do some audits if you're interested. And uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Cool. And I will make sure to add in links to inspire and your Twitter down in the show notes to this. So everyone will have them. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thanks, Marin. Appreciate it. It's great having you on.